the word of the Lord from Romans chapter 11. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Now, I am speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? As regards to the gospel, they are enemies of God for your sake. But as regards to election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel proclamation today for the 11th Sunday after Pentecost serves as a theme of pushing his gospel based on the letter to the church in Rome that I just finished reading to you. Did you ever get the feeling someone was pushing you away? Maybe it was a neighbor. They simply seem to avoid you. They drive in front of your house while you're in the front yard and make no eye contact with you. They find a way to walk around their house out of your sight line every time you walk out your front door. They are just determined not to interact with you to the point that you finally accept it and say, Oh, well, I guess they just don't like me. Or maybe it is someone at church. They will politely talk to you, but their attention betrays a lack of interest in anything you are saying. And their eyes keep darting to other people as if they are hoping those people will come to rescue them from having to continue the conversation with you. Or maybe it is that co-worker or co-volunteer that you had a less than pleasant first interaction with. Now, maybe it was your fault. You were just having a bad day at the time, but they avoid you ever after lest they encounter another said bad day on your behalf. Or maybe they were initially rude and now they avoid you because they want to avoid having to make apologies for their unpleasantness. Whatever the case may be, you can just feel them pushing you away. Be gone! Get out of my face! What are you doing here? Becomes their litany of rejection. Even if they don't say it, their body language speaks louder than any words could. At one time or another, we have all been relegated to the outside of their social circle that has no room at the table for lowly countenances such as ours. I don't think any of us can deny it. 
We have all been pushed around lately the last few months of 2020. First, we were pushed out of our sanctuary, and whilst you were all amazing sports about it, it was an experience I am fairly certain none of us wants to repeat. Then you were all pushed out of that secondary worship accommodation and forced to watch it on your computers without communion and fellowship with one another. Finally, you were pushed out of the local parks, dining establishments, government buildings, pretty much any public gathering place at all. If ever we felt pushed around, shut down, and shut out of everything, this past year was one we will never forget as much as we would like to. To you all, I say, congratulations. You have arrived. You now understand what it means to be the people of God in a world sore oppressed against you. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knows this because he was an Israelite and descendant of Abraham and member of the tribe of Benjamin. And if ever there was a people pushed away, shut up, and shut down, and even carried off into captivity against their will, the Israelites were it. From slavery under the Egyptians to persecution from Canaanites and their promised land to crushing defeats from the Assyrians to exile into Babylon, nobody was as persecuted and pushed around as God's people were. It's our legacy, our modus operandi. It's simply the way it's always been for God's people. The reason we have our church in America is because we were pushed out of Germany after all. Nothing's changed. We don't even know how to live under Christ unless someone is persecuting us for it. So Paul isn't saying anything we haven't heard before and don't already know from experience. But as we celebrate being back here today on this momentous occasion of blessing our sanctuary, we know it's not God pushing us, even though he lets it happen. God leads us to where we are today and on into the future. God was always leading us. Psalm 94 verse 14 tells us as many as six centuries before Christ and possibly even during their captivity in Babylon. Whatever the period may be, we can trace it back far before the time God ceased speaking between the Testaments. At least four centuries before Paul was born, and maybe even longer than that, God said, The Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. Through the prophet Jeremiah, just before the exile in Babylon, God said in arguably the most sarcastic passage in all of scripture, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth can be explored, then I will cast off all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 31, 37. Well, 
No piece of modern engineering has even begun to allow man to descend into the furthest reaches of the bowels of the earth, and scientists endlessly debate whether the universe is expanding or contracting, let alone have it measured. Truly, only God knows. So clearly, he will not cast off the offspring of Israel for all they have done. Paul affirms that. Not as individuals, but as a people, God chose them. Psalm 22, a psalm of David, 250 years before the falls of, of Israel, 400 years before the exile into Babylon, and a thousand years before Christ, shows just how God was always choosing them as a people, even when they were being collectively pushed like no other. Psalm 22 talks of the enemies of God's people as encompassing dogs, lions, and wild oxen. One need not imagine long about these metaphors as applicable descriptions of how the enemies of God's people would push them indeed. But push as they might, God would carry them through everything their enemies would thrust at them. First, God would deliver them from the wild oxen, the very bull of Baal that pushed them all over the promised land, demanding the sacrifice of their children in turn for a life of prosperity that this false god could not provide. Next, God would carry them through the vicious attacks of their enemies, the dogs, like one of the most popular goddesses in Mesopotamian history was frequently depicted with her dogs, and Gala, goddess of healing, was closely associated with her dogs. The dog, in fact, became a symbol of Gala from the old Babylonian period, making her contemporary with the time of the death of Abraham to just before Moses was born. God would indeed carry his people through the destruction this dog would wreak upon God's people as the northern kingdom of Israel fell to the Mesopotamian power of Assyria. Finally, God would deliver them from the mouth of the lion in an account that needs no retelling amongst you. For we all know Daniel who was delivered from the mouth of the lions by the angel sent by God himself, carrying not only Daniel, but all of God's people to the very heights of respect in the Babylonian kingdom under King Darius. So all would know our God is the living God that will endure forever. In our letter to the church in Rome today, verse 15 gives us that ultimate assurance and connection of this historical endurance and sure promise in a confusing but otherwise revealing way. Paradoxically enough, through the Israelites' rejection of the Messiah, God brought reconciliation. However, God's rejection of the unbelieving Israelites was temporary, for some would be accepted through faith and receive a new life to be consummated in the resurrection from the dead. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in all of Scripture, there is only one life from death that ultimately matters for God's people, Jew and Gentile alike. For God has indeed had mercy on all and saved those from certain eternal death that believe Jesus carried them through it all. 
carried them. By carrying their sins to the cross, where Christ was carried by soldiers to die for our sins, where they nailed him to death. His words on that cross are the very words of David from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our Father God never pushes his people away. He pushes his only begotten son into the very bowels of hell to save us from ever being pushed by the devil and our well-deserved damnation. Then, Jesus pushes the devil out of our way. No matter how hard the world may push, it can no longer overcome us or tempt us more than we could bear. Whether trampled by wild oxen, bit by dogs, or eaten by lions. God keeps all our enemies at bay so we can push his gospel of salvation so sinners like us may be saved. Amen. Now, may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.